0: in action. Say like you mean it, faith in action. Matthew 21, 18 to 22, the Bible says that now in the morning as they returned to the city, he was hungry and seeing a fake tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and he said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away, and when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the tree wither away so soon? And Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believe and you shall receive. Amen. So we started talking about faith in action last week. And I'm just going to rehearse some of the things we talked about quickly. For those of you who are not here last week, the first thing we said was an equation. How many remember the equation? Conviction plus obedience leads to what? action based on faith hallelujah your conviction on the one who has who's worthy are being and the obedience that you have leads to an action based by based on faith and i said to you faith is not a belief faith is what we do because of what we believe amen faith is what what you do because of what you believe a lot of us in the modern day church, in the modern day uh, church world, we have made faith what we believe. Hallelujah. Faith is not a belief. We all believe. But the, what makes the difference between people of faith and people who don't have faith is the action based on the belief. Amen. That's the total summation of the sermon. Are you with me? If you can understand that equation, the, the sermon is... You, you have covered this week, next week, and then the following week. If you can understand what I just said. That's it. Faith is not what we believe. Because even the demons believe in the name of Jesus. And they tremble. We don't tremble. Are you with me? So, they, at least they, they cause an, the, the name of Jesus causes an action in demons. When I say Jesus right now, we will all say Jesus back. And there will not be any reaction. Unless there's something inside of you which is contrary. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it is not just knowing the name of Jesus or or bowing to the name of Jesus or knowing the word of God or accepting the word of God. That is important. What's important is what you do because of what you have accepted the word of God to be. Hallelujah. So my challenge for us is that let us quit saying what we believe and start doing what we believe. Because of our faith. Hallelujah. And we, we looked at the story in Matthew 14. How many remember the story? Matthew 14, when the disciples were on the boat, and they were going, and in the middle of the night, there, there was a storm, and they were afraid, and Jesus came walking on the water. And they were, they were afraid. They thought it was a ghost. And they said, uh, uh, Peter said, that, Jesus, if it be you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, Come. So, Peter got out of the boat in the middle of the night with that wild temp- tempest storm. And the other people, I'm sure, were trying to pull Peter back. What is it that you are trying to do? You are doing too much. Are you the one who killed Jesus? Are you the one, only person who believes? You know, how many have realized that sometimes when you try to do something based on your faith, the same very Christians that you are with will try and stop you. Sometimes they stop you by the look. They give you a certain look, a funny look. I'm sure Thomas gave uh, Peter a certain look, and, and I'm sure that when things went wrong in the middle of the water and he began to sink, say, "See, si, good on you." Which means that there were somewhere in the boat who were wishing Peter to fall flat on his face when he attempted to walk on the faith of the word of. The master. Are you getting what I'm saying? The rest were sat in the boat. They believed in Jesus because they wouldn't have left their vocation to follow Jesus. They believed in his commandment. Otherwise, they wouldn't have sat in the boat to cross the sea. They believed all that. But when he called them to come in the middle of the night to cross the road, to, to, to walk on something that was not stable, something that they are not sure about. Something that they are not, uh, they don't know whether this thing is not tried and tested. Immediately they said, okay, he wasn't talking to me. After all, I didn't ask the question. It it was Peter who asked the question. So if he says, come, did he say all of us should come? Then people start to dissect the word. People that, that I said, no, maybe the cam was figurative. Maybe the cam was not uh, literal. You know, sometimes you don't have to take the word of God literally. No, the word of God has to be taken literally. You don't have to try and find sugar No, we have sugarcoated the word of God so much that it has paralyzed us. And made us become worse than unbelievers. Hallelujah. There's a story of this. Uh, condemned prisoner in Scotland who was who was about to be executed, and uh, just when he was about to be executed, they called the Catholic priest, uh, the the uh, Anglican whatever bishop, to come and do the last rites before they they execute him. So the master, the dominum, dominum, you know those the attend dominum, And the guy was just looking at the priest. He was just about to die. He was looking at the priest. And then he told the priest, shut up. And the priest kept on, he had his eyes closed. He didn't really, he didn't think that he heard what he thought he heard. Then the guy shouted again, shut up. The third time he said, shut up. And then he opened his eyes. What? He said, if I believe what you say you believe. And the whole of England was, was uh, covered in broken bottles. I would have crawled on my hands and knees to tell everybody about Jesus. Did you hear that? This is a criminal who is about to be executed. He said, if I believe what you say you believe, I would have crawled on broken bottles to speak to the last sinner to change. You you say you believe, but what are you doing? You are waiting, now that I'm going to die, you are coming Omni domino. what? Shut up. Hallelujah. So sometimes we make a mockery of our faith. We make a mockery of what we say we believe. Because really, if you believe that there is a hell, you will tell everybody about Jesus. Remember the story about the man who had five brothers, who was dead, and he, in death he saw Lazarus. In Abraham's bosom. And he said, he said, Father Abraham, call Lazarus to dip his hand in water and come and cool my tongue because I am struggling where I am. And he said, no, we cannot, nobody can live here and come to you and nobody can come from where you are to this place. Then he said, okay, then please send Lazarus to my f- father's house. I have five brothers. This is the person in hell. He is now evangelizing because now the truth has confronted him. So he believes. And he says that if I will stay in hell and my five brothers will not come to where I am, I would like it. Hallelujah. I will, uh, uh, please send him. Don't let him come and cool my tongue anymore. I, I like my tongue being uh, on fire like that. Let him go and tell my brothers so they don't come here. That is faith in action. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have taken the truth and we have kept it in our pockets. We have kept it contained in the church. I, I just finished writing a book called Contagious Church. And the book all the book says is that today's church has contained Jesus within the four walls. Meanwhile, Jesus never told us to stay in the four walls. He asked us to be a church without walls. But we have kept Jesus inside the four walls. Where was Jesus' church? Was it within the four walls? What was his last instruction to us? He said what? No, no, I didn't hear you. What did he say? Does go look like Stay. Does go look like stop here? Does go look like stay in the church and have nice two, three services and be happy inside? What does go mean? Go means what? It means what? Uh, I don't think you are. I don't understand. You know me, my my English is not. It wasn't good. That's Pastor Sam's English, not mine. (laughs) Go doesn't mean stay. Go means what? Go. But we have stayed. And our neighbors don't even know that we come here. Our neighbors, there are some people who live around us. There are some people who are flatmates, housemates. They, they do the same course with us. Who don't even know that Sunday you go somewhere. They don't know where you go to. Because you have cake Jesus in your pockets. All the faith you say you have, you have kept it in your pockets. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? No, where is your faith? Where is my faith? If we say we believe, don't talk about your faith. Let me see your action. Hallelujah. And then we talked about every significant person in the Bible. If you read Hebrews 11, you will see that all the names that were named in Hebrews 11, they were people who were not religious per se. There were people that we knew some bad things about them. There were people who could see some flaws in their lives, but their actions qualified them as heroes of faith. Am I talking to somebody? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Their actions qualified them. Now, my challenge to you is that if Hebrews 11 is going to be rewritten, is your name going to be Hebrews 11? Joseph is, Joseph's name is not there. But he was a very righteous person. Saul, his name is not there. He was a very righteous person. Enoch was there, isn't it? Who else? Give me some, some righteous people whose names were not there. Even Isaiah. All these type of righteous, their names are not written there. Why? Because there was an action. Everybody in Hebrews 11 were action people. They were not talkers. So when the, faith, the hall of fame of, of faith heroes are listed... There are people like uh, Rahab, the prostitute. She's there. The the, 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 the pimp, Abraham, is there. (laughs) Some, some, Some dodgy names. Some dodgy people, their names are all written there. My question to you is that if Hebrews 11 is going to be rewritten today, you Would your name be in it? Hallelujah. Every significant person in the Bible, they did not just believe. They acted on their belief. Amen. Every insignificant person believed but didn't act on it. Or they did the contrary. The reason why Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years, before going to a promised land, was not because they didn't believe in God. They believed in God, but their actions were contrary to their belief almost all the time. So God kept them going in circles in the, in, in the wilderness, going in circles and going in circles, going in circles. Why? Because they couldn't pass the test of action, acting right. When Joshua took over, he said, Choose you this day whom you serve. As for me and my house, we are going to serve God. Let's go. As soon as Joshua took over, the next thing we saw was that they had crossed the river. They were in the promised land. Hallelujah. An action man, an action, when I say action man, somebody who acts on faith always sees results. Somebody who believes on faith never sees any results. The third thing we talked about is that we all... We all need to come to a place where we walk with God in faith. Amen. The fear of failure is what stops us from walking in faith. Amen. Number 4. Number 5 was that your faith is reflected in everything you do. Everything you do. Your either your faith or lack of it is reflected in your actions if you never ever invite somebody to the house of God. You never talk to anybody about their their, their Lord. You never uh, do anything to show what you believe in. It means you are acting a certain way, which is contrary to faith. Amen. As Christians, we must take action that agrees with and stands or reflects on Jesus Christ and his word. Amen. Do you know let me ask this question. Do you know that if we all did a quarter or a fifth of what we hear in the house of God, our lives would transform? How many know that? If we did just a quarter of everything we hear, our lives would never be the same. The problem we have that we hear and we, we, we don't do. That was the total summation of the problems that Israel had in the wilderness. They hear, they knew, but they could not do. So, they were in the wilderness, going back and forth, circling, 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 circling. The mountain, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, says that you have encompassed this mountain for too long. You have gone about this mountain for too long. The mountain stands for a problem, problems of life. And we are like Israel going over, around the same mountain. Hoping that one day, the mountain will not be. They wake up one day and the miraculously the mountain is gone. No, no, no. You will have to climb. I say you have to climb the mountain. You have to take the step of faith and go. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Faith without proper action is ineffective. Some of us, what we do as Christians is that we... We convert the faith into prayer. And we pray. But that is also lack of faith. Because show me a prayerful person. Without faith. And I'll show you a faithless person. Have you not seen that any time anybody went to God in the Bible and God gave a command? They did it and lives were, their lives were changed. Remember Gideon? Gideon went to God because of the Midianites and he told, God told him, do this, do that. He did it and there was what? There was victory. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? When you pray and pray and pray and pray, we have prayed, 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 prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. I'm not against prayer. But when action is, is lacking, it doesn't mean anything. It's just words. Hallelujah. Next one. The word of God must be combined with faith. There's, there's a, a scripture that I want us to look at quickly. When Jesus commended somebody for his faith, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, it says that when he entered Capernaum, A centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I said to one, go, and he goes. One, come, and he comes. Uh, 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 and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Then Jesus, when Jesus heard, it, heard this, he marveled and said to those who follow him, truly, I tell you, I've never, no one, I've never seen anyone in Israel who have such faith. I've never seen anybody with such faith. Why? Because it says that, no, don't come. Say it from here. Action. My my child, my servant will be healed hallelujah. How many of us, if we had uh, somebody sick in our homes, and we call pastor, and pastor just says that, oh, I can't come, I'm going to pray from here, and immediately you say, no, no. pastor. (laughs) Pastor, pastor, you know, no, no, no. We want the pastor not only to come to the house, but want him to perform some magic. Do some dance. You know, bring his oil. Bring some uh, prayer shawl and do some acrobatics in the place that we know that something is happening. This say the word that my servant to be healed business. It's in the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Faith without proper action is ineffective. Amen. The word works when you work it. The word works when you do what? Work it. Amen. Today, I want us to go on quickly and look at a few things. And uh, I'm going to start from James chapter 2. Only for 10 minutes and we'll be out of here. James chapter 2, verse 14 to 18. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and be filled, but you do not give him the things which are needed. For the body, what does it profit? Thus, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? Dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Amen. So, in this little passage we have read, we have realized that faith requires what? Action. Amen. Faith requires what? Action. Verse 14 says, What does it profit you if someone says he has faith, but does not have works, does not have a corresponding action? He hasn't done anything with the faith. We say we believe in Jesus, if we believe in Jesus, any man's final words are very important, isn't it? If you say you believe in him, then what he says, his final words, will be very, very significant. And Jesus says that, go into the world and make disciples of me. And for a whole year, you have not spoken to one person. And yet, you are always in church. Hallelujah. Show me somebody who says they have faith without works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Hallelujah. So are we the former or the latter? What are we? Are you the one who has faith without works? Or are you the one who has works? That shows your faith. Hallelujah. How many are feeling a bit challenged? Listen, let's stop talking faith and start doing. We have talked for too long. Let's work with the little that we know of the Bible. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. I don't know whether I'm speaking to the right church. I don't know whether I'm speaking to the right church. Am I? No, no, we have had enough. We know enough. What have we done with the things that we know? Who have we affected? How many lives have we affected by what we know? If your faith doesn't affect anybody, you don't have it. Uh, I don't know whether you, you are getting what I'm saying. I say if your faith does not affect anybody, you don't have what? Oh, I can't hear you. Am I preaching to a church or I'm preaching to church? No. If you have coronavirus... And you have never infected anybody with the virus. Do you have the virus? Oh, no, 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 no. 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 How can you convince me you have COVID? When I'm in the same room with you. And I've been staying in the same room with you for the last six weeks. And I haven't caught it. And you say that you have been with the virus. We are on the same bed. (laughs) No, you cannot convince me. You cannot convince me you have the virus when nobody in your circles has caught the virus. You sit in the same car, you sit in the same house, you sit in the same school. I, I mean, what are you? None of us wear masks to sleep. We all removed our masks to sleep and we are all sleeping in the same room. You cannot convince me you have flu when your flu has not, not infected anybody. No, no. Anytime anybody in my house catches a flu, everybody everybody catches it. It's... it's, it's, Oh, you don't understand the message. Yeah, you cannot tell me you have caught Jesus, the Jesus bag. When nobody around, nobody in your circles has caught that bag. You can't convince me Hallelujah! You can't convince me; you've caught it. Hallelujah! Wait for that book, Contagious Church. You, you, you see, in the early days, the contagious Christians, they, they they spread the the they spread the disease like wildfire. Anything that is contagious is fearful. I'm preaching some of the book to you. Anything that is contagious, people become afraid. When I was young, when I was young, there was a certain eye disease called Apollo. Those who who are from where I come from will know what I'm talking about. It, it, it It is a certain disease that is like stones have been put in your eye, like sun. Is in your eye your eye feels very very sc- scratchy and then your eyes become very red and it becomes very weepy. and there's a white pass or yellow pass inside around this side the corners of your eyes and you see anybody who catches apollo as soon as you catch apollo we don't want you around us because If you catch Apollo, it is very, very certain that within a few days we all catch it. Are you with me? So if you have caught the Holy Spirit like Apollo, like COVID-19, like flu, and none of us have caught it, you may have white hair, but it doesn't mean you've caught Apollo. It could be that you didn't clean your face This morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah, Yeah, because if something is contagious, it must affect people around you. How can we say we have faith and it doesn't catch anybody? Hmm? Show me somebody who says they have faith and I will use my actions to show you my faith. Amen. Amen. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can faith save anyone? No. What good is the total faith you have when nobody around you is getting saved? That's my challenge for you tonight. Yeah. At your workplace, what good is your faith if it's not affecting anybody's life? You don't go, need to go preaching, but your actions must preach. Are you with me? Your actions must preach. We like preaching too much. And our preaching don't correspond with our actions. That's why the people get confused. Uh, <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> yeah. Because your preaching is saying one thing, but your actions say another thing. Now we don't know which one to believe. No, you don't need to preach. Let your actions preach. The Bible says that when they saw the disciples, they knew that these were unlearned unschooled men. And they took notice that they had been with Jesus. They notice the, the actions, their mannerisms, the way they carried themselves, the things they did showed that they had been with Jesus. Because Peter was afraid of a, a mere maid servant, but now the same person stands boldly and is preaching for three thousand people to be saved. Now he's talking, even though they are trying to scare them, the, the Pharisees and the scribes and the the, 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 the chief priests are. Threatening them and they are preaching even harder on doing thing, wild things. They took notice that these were ignorant and learned men, but they had been with the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We talk too much and do very little. always going around passing judgment. No, no, no. You pass judgment on yourself first. Because your actions contrary to your, your, what you are preaching. No, no. Your actions are contrary to your, your what you say you believe. Remember that, that criminal in Scotland who was about to be yeah, shut up. Shut up. If I said believe quarter of what you say you believe, I will crawl on broken bottles. Amen. Number two, faith requires compassion. So the first one was what? what I say number one was? Faith requires action. Number two, faith requires compassion. Yeah. When somebody comes to you and they say that they don't have food, they don't have clothes, they are hungry and they are cold, and you say to them, Go and be well. Go and be well. Verse 15, go to 15. He says that if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, next verse quickly, and one of you says to him, Depart in peace and be warm and be filled, but does not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? You know, it takes a very callous hearted person to look at somebody who is cold. Look at this, the weather now outside. It's cold, it's raining. Is damp, and they don't have a jacket. They are cold and then you they ask you for food and then you say, oh, brother the Lord is with you. Go and be healed, be filled, be clothed, be warm. What is a prophet? The reason why sometimes our faith doesn't work is that we lack compassion. In, in Matthew chapter 9, the, the Bible says from verse 33 down to 36 thereabouts. He says that, and when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved. I think 36 says that. When he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. Hallelujah. When Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. Matthew 9, are you there? I think 33. When he saw the multitude, he was moved. No, go down, go down, go down. Thirty-six. But when he saw the multitude, he was what? Moved with what? Compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having what? No shepherd. You know, the missing ingredients. For action in faith is compassion. The reason why we are not preaching the gospel to anybody is because we haven't experienced a quarter of hell before. So, we are not compassionate. You know, if you have never been through any problem. If you have never had a broken heart before. And somebody is crying of a broken heart. You say, grow up. <laughs> Isn't it? Or oh, 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 they will videotape you. Kiran showed me a video of a boy who was crying. And, and, and the friends were laughing. And videoing the boy who was crying. It's because you have never had it before. You get it. So it becomes a fun thing. Something to laugh about. But if you have been in that boy's shoes before, you have compassion. You close the door and get rid of everybody. And console the person. Are you getting what I'm saying? Sometimes that is why God allows us to go through some challenges. Because he needs us to get that empathy. Because if your heart is too strong, God can use you. Some of us, our hearts are too strong. We are we are without emotions. We are without empathy. We don't have any feeling. Where, where I come from, they call it m-tualo. There is no mtualo. In Susutu, we call it Mtwalo. There's no Mtwalo, so we don't have feeling. The reason why you never pray for anybody, somebody says I'm sick, and you don't even think in your mind to pray for the person or help the person is because you have never been in the person's shoes before, or if you have been, you don't feel. You don't have feelings. No, I tell you, I tell you a fact that if. It, if you're a minister and you don't have feelings, you will never see miracles. The secret to working miracles is putting yourself in the shoes of the person. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If it were you in that that place, how would you want people to respond to you? How would you want people to help you? How would you want to be helped? How would you want people to come to your aid? How would you want people to treat you? Hallelujah. Have you not realized that we so-called Christians are very judgmental when somebody sins? When somebody's mistake is aired, the way we crucify them? No empathy. When yours comes you want to be shielded. But when somebody else's own come you want to expose it to show how righteous you are. Yeah. When yours come you want us to have mercy on you and cover you. Cover you with love. Put a blanket around you. A, 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 what do you call electric blanket around you and pretend as if it's never happened. But when it's somebody else's, you sit in judgment and you become the social media broadcaster. Hallelujah. That is why we are not effective. No compassion. No feeling. Amen. So faith requires what? Compassion. Faith is expressed by compassion. When Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. And he went on to say... That these guys are like without sheep, without shepherd. Yeah. When we see our friend, our coursemate, we see our, the next person sitting on, on the bus with us, and we move the compassion. Where would this person spend eternity? If the person were to die today, where would they be? Where would their souls be? That's our, our our natural behavior. I have my own problems. In fact, there are some churches you go to and it's all about their breakthroughs, it's all about their miracles, it's all about it's never about others. We need It's all about about us. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? No, it's not about you. Others matter. I say others matter. Yeah. That's why we must always have the compassion. He saw the multitude. The multitude hadn't said anything to him. But he was moved with compassion. To do something to help. How many of us, when we see people, we are moved to do something to help? Or we are moved to judge them. Hallelujah. You don't like my message. Number number three, faith requires evidence. Someone say evidence. Verse 17, we are in 17, 17 and 18. We are finishing now. Faith requires evidence. That's also faith by itself. If it has no works, it's dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Don't tell me about your faith. Show me your faith, your evidence. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Can anyone convict you of being a man of faith with evidence. You know, if you want to prosecute a thief, you have to produce the evidence of what they stole. The time, the place, the opportunity they had to steal. You, do you get it? So it's like at 6:15 he was in the room. At 6:18 that the handkerchief was in his possession. By 620, he was out of the room and he was caught with the handkerchief. So, therefore, he has stolen, and it means he is a thief. He's guilty, and it means he has to go to jail. Do yeah, you get it? Are you getting it? So, my question to you is that if we were to come to you, let's say the faith is being a thief. The evidence is the action. So, if you were to judge yourself, would you convict yourself and send yourself to prison for being a man or woman of faith? Uh, what's the proof of your faith? What's the evidence that we can use to convict you? Oh, why is the room going quiet all of a sudden? Huh? I, I wrote four questions. What do you have that was purchased purely by faith? What do you have? That was purchased purely by faith. You know, was it last Sunday or two Sundays back? Uh, Christelle was telling us that she bought her wedding gown and she had a notebook of her wedding everything when there was no man called a husband. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we can safely say that she purchased a husband by faith. <laughs> Are you getting it? We can safely say that she can point to a husband as some something that she's purchased with her faith. Because the husband was not in place. She had a book of everything that she was going to do on a wedding day, including the her. her what the husband will who, which card they are going to use, every detail. The only name that she didn't have there was the name of the husband. But every, she had a book. Isn't that what she told us? Isn't that what she said? And when the guy surfaced, she bought a wedding gown before the guy could even come to the place of saying, I want to propose. Isn't that what she said? Oh, did I not hear her? Was I the only one who heard her? Yes. so we can say that she purchased the husband by faith. And I think a few weeks ago I told you that this building we are sitting in was purchased by faith. How many remember? Because we had only, how much did we have? 3,000. And we came here to say that we are buying this building. With just 3,000 in our pockets. And about this side or even less, less than this side as the congregation to buy this building. So do you think we bought this building with money? Huh? Oh, I'm talking to you. Talk back at me. What is this? So what, what how did we get a building? By faith. By faith. It is not everything you must work for. It's not everything you must use money to buy. Some things can be bought by faith. Through wisdom is a house built and by understanding is it filled with what? Goodly things. It is a money. Hallelujah. I'm not talking to somebody. I'm ending. But I need you to understand that it's not everything that we buy with money. You can buy a house with faith. You can buy a husband with faith. You can buy a wife with faith. Or you can buy a good life with faith. Yeah. Hallelujah. One day, one day my pastor told me that leave your job. Leave your, your church and go to a country that I will show you and go and be a missionary there. We didn't have any, if you leave your job, I left my job, my wife left her job. I had a very good job, my, my wife had a very good job. It, what it meant was that we were going to have to live on what? Faith. This was somewhere in 2009. From that day to today, I have lived on that. And believe in me, as I stand here, God is my witness I am much better off than my colleagues are left in the office from 2009 up to today. You missed a good place to clap, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. From that day to now, I've never worked as an accountant. No, I have never. But believe you me, all the guys are left, I have much more than all of them. Because I walked in faith. Hallelujah! It's not everything that money buys. The just shall live by.